Hi, welcome to Exploring Illusion of Free Will. My name is George Ortega. I'm here with my very special guest, Nick Vale. Nick, great to have Thank you Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. I love being Our here. Our pleasure. <laughs> Nick and I are championing this understanding that nobody has a free will. We've been doing this for about five years. We're spearheading a change in consciousness for humanity. You know, before we started doing our work, it just wasn't anywhere. Now it's everywhere. It's like the cover of magazines and all. All right, so like, basically, this show is, is called Free Will, Guilt, and Punishment. It's basically how, you know, when we believe we have a free will, we will feel, we will not only feel guilty, you know, for what we do that is wrong, then we'll also feel the need to punish ourselves because we have a free will, not because, like, the punishment might condition us, whatever. So, like, we're going to explore this concept because, it's a, you know, it's kind of like a subtle co uh, concept to explore. Before we get into that, we want to explain what we mean by free will. So I'm going to go first on this. All right, basically, when, when people say they have free will, because it's a religious concept, you know, you got to understand, St. Augustine in 380 coined the term free will. It's not in the Bible. You won't find it. I mean, in some modern Bibles, mistakenly, you know, politically, I think, put the word in, you know, over the last 10, 20 years or so. But if you look at Bibles, like, it's definitely not in Hebrew. It's not in the Aramaic. It's not in the Greek, whatever. So anyway, like, so most people will say, well, even though God is all-powerful, God gave us the ability to choose our, you know, um, what we want to think, say, do, and also. Like, that basically a lot of people believe that what we do is up to us, and it's not up to God. Okay, now, this obviously conflicts with some passages in the Bible that says, like, well, God has a plan for us, because how could God have a plan for us and then give us free will at the same time? doesn't make sense. But... The other thing that, that people mean when they say free will, because this is also a philosophical debate for 300 years, is that like people claim that we can decide what we decide without anything that's not in our control, and control is the key word, deciding for us. Well, what are some things that are not in our control? Well, our unconscious is in our control, and there's like hundreds of, of, of experiments in psychology to demonstrate that our unconscious actually decides for us and makes us think that, that we're deciding without the unconscious taking part. Um, our genes make us who we are, and that determines how we decide. Our experiences in the past, in other words, and this principle of causality, the fact that, that everything happens for a cause, and this causality is in our control, refutes free will. Some people say, well, no, not everything is under control or, or is causal. But if you say that, if you say that maybe our decisions are not caused, you certainly can attribute our decisions to a free will. So that's like, you know, what, you know, most people um, believe or mean when they say free will. Now, Nick, you're going to, you're going to like express the people component to that. So. So, Georgia, your answer is technically correct. But when you say what do most people mean by the term free will, if I were to go on the street and poll people, what they mean, the regular people, not philosophers, not super experts like yourself, what they mean is that I am doing this of my own accord. No one is forcing me to go to the store today, the movie, my child's play, whatever. You know, supermarket shopping, uh, Yankee games. I'm going because I want to go. I'm going of my own free will. The opposite being... If you don't go, I'm going to kill you. You're going to owe me money. I'm going to threaten you with some other horrible negative thing. That's what people mean. When you say, are you there of your own free will? Yes, I'm there because I wanted to go there. It was my own free will. No one, I know you could get technical with no God or no uh, laws of nature. 
but they mean no other person is forcing me. That's what people mean. The truth is that's true. 99.9% .9 of the time you are there because you want to be there because your feelings have told you this would be desirable to go to do what you're going to go to the movies or whatever, and you will want to do it because you want to do it. But the point is you don't get to choose your feelings behind that desire to go do what your job, girlfriend, whatever, get married. Who amongst us can say that they are in control as the conscious first decider, first causer, first originator of your feelings? You follow what your feelings tell you to do. That's what they mean. Excellent. Okay, and like just, you know, it's important for the audience to know that three of the world's greatest minds agree with us, are on our side with this. Uh, Charles Darwin rejected the belief in free will. Uh, Sigmund Freud, you know, a famous neuro, neuro, neurologist, you know, psychiatrist and all, he rejected free will. And Albert Einstein rejected free will. So this is not something that just like is, is a fringe kind of thing. Like much of, of made But even of the science. court recognizes if you say to the court, well, I robbed that old lady on the corner because this guy was going to kill me if I didn't, that's obviously a coercion, ransom, blackmail, whatever you want to call it. You did something because you were being threatened, you'll get off. But if you say, I robbed her because I wanted to, ah, you did it of your own free will, you're, you're evil. So, okay. All right. right. Excellent. So, and, and the reason we're going to just briefly, we spent a lot of time on this uh, last um, week, whatever, but just briefly, this, this, some people say, well, fine, we don't have free will. Why does it matter? Well, one reason it matters, actually, maybe a little less than briefly or more than briefly, you know, because like, I, I want to do this climate change thing. All right. Go ahead. All right. Climate change, you know, even though a lot of people don't accept it, can't accept it, whatever, is happening and it's threatening civilization. It's really threatening civilization as we know it. If we don't do anything in a hundred years, the civilization we have now is not going to exist. We may dwindle from like the seven billion of us now to less than a billion to, to who knows what. That's how serious it is. Now here's the thing. With free will belief, if a person believes they have a free will and the scientists are telling them that, in psychology there's something known as denial. People have an unconscious need to deny what they can't cope with, why, what they can't accept. If, if these scientists are telling them that we're causing climate change, people are saying, oh my God, I of my free will, my friends, my family, we're all so evil because like we're threatening civilization. All right now, so they go into denial and that's like, you know, so basically now like change that. Let's say, imagine next week everybody gets that nobody has a free will, right? Everybody understands it, so then the scientists are still telling them, listen, you know, what we're doing is endangering your, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, whatever, just entire civilization, then people will, won't have to deny it. People say, all right, fine, it's not my fault. The scientists would actually tell people, listen, don't blame yourself because it's not your fault, but if you care about your kids, if you care about your grandkids, if you care about future generations, this is what you'll do, and again, by that perspective, by rejecting free will, people will then be able to like accept that climate change is happening because about 50% of the, the American public at least is in denial of it. You know? And once we can accept that climate change is happening, we, we can start doing what we need to do. So this isn't just a, a moot point. It isn't just an academic point of understanding we don't have a free will. It has profound political and historical implications. Okay, Nick, why, why else is this um, um, topic so important? Well, you ask me that every week. Uh, it's important because I guess everyone I talk to believes in free will. And uh, 
if you're going to live on a planet, I would think it would be advantageous for the planet and the people living on the planet to discuss the true nature of reality correctly. Uh, personally, for, I don't want to curse on here, but I, I don't like living on a planet where everyone's BSing everyone about the fundamental true nature of reality. I can't stand it. It rubs me the wrong way. Every time I hear someone say something about free will, I cringe on the inside. It's karmically, cosmically, metaphysically, philosophically, psychically incorrect. Well, that's a lot of uh, intellectually. It's a lot of, you know, everything about it. People taking credit for things that have nothing to do with them. People blaming other people that deeply and truly blaming them when they should just be accountable and have to answer for it but not punish for it. Uh, they should be reconditioned and rehabbed, you know, in prison, but, you know, not in a negative, nasty, evil way. And as far as the legal system goes and the educational system, the, uh, okay, let's just focus. I just want to focus. Let's look at people who feel like failures in life, which are a lot. If you believe in free will, you're going to berate yourself and beat yourself up with regret about why you failed whatever you failed at business. You failed the test. You couldn't become a lawyer. You should fail at something, but not feel like a failure that you failed at something. It just, you move on and figure out what else to do. But the depression and the suicidal feelings that might come from the depression should be eradicated from this insidious, pernicious, evil belief in free will. It makes people, okay, I'll wrap up. It makes people feel like failures when they fail at something. It's not right. Nick, that's great. It's immoral. That's great because that leads right into the theme of, of tonight's show, today's show. Which in is? other words, like, the, the free oh, right. will, guilt, and punishment. I mean, like, we have, like, you know, people are committing suicide. People are really depressed, so depressed they can't work. They're on antidepressants. You know, 25% of American women are on antidepressants. I mean, it's a serious epidemic. Well, you can still be depressed. You just can't be depressed no, so you're depressed. But what I'm saying, why do people get depressed? Why do people get depressed? You were mentioning it. Like, people sometimes fail at life. Their, their life isn't the way they want it to be. Maybe some women aren't married. Maybe, like, some men fail at their jobs or whatever. And because of this free will belief, they blame themselves. They feel guilty. And, like, basically the free will belief says, well, if, if, if it's something is your fault, you deserve to suffer. You deserve to be punished. So what happens is these people, like, you know, they, their lives aren't working out. They get depressed. And they're going to punish themselves either by becoming more depressed, because that's how it works, or sometimes they punish themselves by killing themselves, by committing suicide. But, like, basically... They punish themselves by lowering this, their self-esteem, by diminishing this, their self-worth, and that creates a whole host of problems. That's one reason why this free will belief is so powerfully harmful, not just to the world, but to us as individuals. But speaking from a little bit of personal experience with psychiatrists and, and therapists, they never utter the words, oh, look, you're off the hook. You know, what if they said, come to my office, we're going to have a, an open, you know, our first session. I think if George came to me as a patient and said, I'm suicidally depressed, I ruined my marriage, I ruined my business, and I said to him, listen, you know free will is an illusion. Uh, it's been proven by that talk show with Nick and George and Sam Harris and others. I think immediately the client would feel a tremendous sense of relief. Wow, I'm off the hook. I didn't really do anything. It was just bad luck, genes, and environment. For whatever reason, they don't utter those words, I think, because... You should never expect someone to believe something whose salary depends on them not believing it. And I think if therapists and psychiatrists believe that there's no free will, they would cure their, in my opinion, they would cure their clients much too quickly. And they wouldn't have the income from years and years of weekly sessions about, you know, what you could have done differently. It's all nonsense because you couldn't have done anything differently. That's why the mental health field doesn't get it.
Yeah, and you want to know something? This is important. This should be self-help, not philosophy. I mean, in terms of free will, belief is a delusion. And for example, like a person can claim that they're Napoleon or they're they're, the reincarnation of Napoleon, and they're actually more sane than a person who believes in free will. Because I mean, for all we know, taking my line from a couple years ago. Thank you. Yes. This. Yes. I'm. I'm attributing this to Nick. Okay. I said if someone thought they went out to dinner with Napoleon last night, they would be less crazy than someone believing in free will. That's what I told you in right. the car, yeah. Okay. You loved it, apparently. Right, right. <laughs> but, um, but here's the thing. Um, I mean, like, again, like, there, it's impossible. It's completely impossible for us to have a free will. I mean, completely. There's no way we could have it. If things happen because of causes, that makes free will impossible. If you posit that certain things are not caused, that doesn't help free will. So again, so yeah, this, and so like what, what happens? So like, now let's, let's, let's go from like, if we stop believing in free will, what happens? Fine, we, we may fail at, at certain things we try, but we'll say to ourselves, as you were saying, wait a minute, you know, I would have rather that things worked out in a certain way. I would have rather that I had been a certain way, that I've made certain decisions, but I can't blame myself because it was never up to me. You know, so like when that happens, fine, we may be upset that things went the way they were, but it, we don't add this additional component of punishment. Free will belief, not only do we punish ourselves uh, with what our failings, we also punish other people. You know, when other people, when our, our friends, our family, you know, people who are close to us do things wrong under the free will belief, we're going to blame them and we're going to want them punished because of this free will based, you know, sense of punish uh, of of, of justice demands that if somebody does something wrong, they deserve to be punished. So no, we're, we're, what's the alternative to that, Nick? If, if we abandon this belief in free will, how can we be more compassionate to both our, ourselves and other people? Well, I'm going to evoke my trading places theory. Uh, basically, you could have been born someone else with their genetics, their environment, and you would be with their soul, have their soul, have their mind, and have their consciousness. Therefore, you can understand that whatever happens to another could have just easily happened to you, and that promotes and advocates a position of compassion that if what happens to another could easily have been you, it goes back to the golden rule, treat others as you would like to have, treat others as, as, as if you would have them treat you, because without free will, it, you could have been born as they were. Just, you know, just luck. All right, excellent. Now, here's a very important point you got to get. So, fine, free will-based punishment is, does not make sense because the free will belief is, like, completely wrong. But we're not saying that no punishment makes sense. In other words, like, because we don't have a free will, because we're programmed, <coughs> excuse me, hardwired to seek pleasure and avoid pain, we need punishment. In other words, like, you know... Um, if, if there's a threat of punishment, like in other words, we need our rules and laws. If there's a, a, a rule or a law and we know that if we break that rule or law, there's going to be a punishment, that's going to serve as a deterrent. Or, or if we commit this, 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 this crime, this infraction, whatever, um, the punishment helps us to reform. The punishment helps to kind of like to teach us that that was wrong. So we're not saying that punishment is going to be eliminated completely, but the problem is with free will belief is like that punishment is much more severe than it should be, than it has to be. Well, the punishment really should be more reconditioning the person and reprogramming them and finding out what the causes were 
to why they broke the law or whatever they did wrong and I guess constraining them to deter them but not really punishing them, more like rebooting them. Yeah, I mean, we, we may have to I mean, punish. taking away their freedom is punishment enough as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but here's the thing. For example, they did an experiment on this. They had two groups of people. One group, um, they got them to believe that they have a free will. Everyone had, that probably was pretty easy. The other group, they convinced that nobody has a free will, right? You know, reading some passages from a book or something. And then they asked them, they asked them to consider this person who had committed a crime, hypothetical crime, and they asked these two groups, what should the sentence be? What should the punishment be for what this person did? Now, the people who believed that the person had free will, they wanted this person to punish twice as, as, as much, wow, twice as severely as, as the people who didn't. So again, like, so, you know, so much of like, and, and this isn't just about the criminal justice system. This, is a, this relates to how we treat ourselves and each other. If we believe in free will and, and, and our friends, our family, people we're close to do something wrong, we're going to want them to punish, tw to, to suffer twice as much as if we didn't believe in free will. That, that's that's fascinating. Yeah, that's important. So this again, this isn't just an academic point. This 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 is about how we treat each other. This is about the the quality of our lives. Now you wrote in today's show that we're going to talk about guilt. Without free will, how would you ever reprimand yourself or modify your behavior so the next time you don't do what you did that made you feel, if you don't have guilt, how would you correct your behavior in the future? Excellent. All right. Now, we've got to like, you know, guilt can have like more than one definition. One definition is like, guilt is like we have a conscience, right? And for example, we do something and then like in hindsight, we, we say to ourselves, oh, wait a minute, you know, that was wrong. You know, I, I, I didn't realize that at the, at the time, but now I realize that was wrong and, and we feel guilty, right? But you know, we don't blame When you ourselves. say wrong, it broke the law or just morally wrong? Let's say it Maybe it didn't break the law. Right. It broke our moral code. Let's say, you know. Personal moral code. We're a teacher and like our personal moral code is that we shouldn't yell at the kids, right? But we lose our... Right. Our, it's not illegal. It's just wrong. Right. Exactly. Okay. So like, so we feel quote unquote guilty, but with free will belief here, the problem is that not only do we feel this recognition that what we did is wrong, we also feel that because we have a free will and we're attributing this wrong to ourselves, then that means we have to punish ourselves. But if this catches on and people understand there's no free will, why would you feel guilty if you did something wrong? After all, you couldn't help yourself. Exactly. So here's, so like this teacher who is just, you know, feels guilty about having yelled at a kid. In a no free will world? In a free world? Let's say in a no free okay, world. Okay, no free world. So like, you know, uh, he or she kind of like recognizes, oh my God, you know, like I feel bad for the kid. I feel bad that the universe made me. Release know, those chemicals that got me upset. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, there's no need to punish myself for it. And actually this, in other words, it, it's, if you want to change your behavior, for it's actually time. better not to punish yourself. Like there's studies on free on, on willpower, right? But if they don't feel guilty, why would they? What would motivate them to not do it the next time? Their, for example, their sense of of justice, their sense of compassion for other people. In other words, like let's say let's say I took some kind of a drug or an agent that made me like behave 
you know, badly toward other people, right? Obviously, I wouldn't blame myself, right? Or, or somebody like Spike the Drink, whatever. Right, right, right. But, but certainly I would regret that the, the universe or whatever made me do that, and, and certainly I wouldn't want to do it again. So the, basically it's our conscience that would, would lead our behavior. And, and this, this is an important point. Sometimes we want to change our behavior. We want to, like, exert willpower. And they did another experiment. They had, like, some people think that they can like strengthen their willpower, do more what they want to do if they punish themselves for failing at what they want to do. Other people are much more compassionate with themselves. Other people say, well, you know, I didn't have the willpower this time, but I'm going to try harder. I'm going to be kind to myself, though. I'm going to, I'm going to be understanding. And interestingly, according to the research, the people who are more understanding toward each other, toward themselves, and don't punish themselves for not having enough willpower are actually able to exert more willpower in the future. So, and so this would apply to like doing good. So like if, if we're compassionate toward ourselves, we will do, we'll, we'll more likely do more good in the future. So you're advocating the position that there still should be guilt, but you don't internalize it in such a way to punish yourself. You just kind of admonish yourself gently and correct the behavior for the next time. Exactly. Not go out drinking yourself into oblivion because you're such a bad person. Exactly. Just say, those chemicals came to me. I yelled at little Johnny too much or I cheated on my girlfriend, or whatever, it's not against the law, but I don't like the way it makes me feel, so I'm going to correct it, but I'm going to feel a little bit guilty, but not terribly guilty. Yeah, and, and little Johnny... After all, it wasn't up to me. Exactly. Little Johnny's a perfect way to explain this, because, like, for example, let's say little Johnny's a toddler, two-year-old, okay? Nobody in their right mind would blame a two-year-old for doing what they do wrong, because they don't know any better, right? But what we still may have to punish them sometimes, but the punishment isn't going to be nearly as severe as if we thought that that two-year-old was willfully of their own free will doing whatever they did wrong. So again, like we can treat ourselves much more compassionately by abandoning this, this belief in free will. All right. All right. So uh, if we had a free will, we would have rehearsed this probably in had a perfect show and know what to talk about now. Well, I mean, yeah, this is always a, yeah, the good point. So let's talk about... We don't like, rehearse this, so we don't know what's happening. Well, well let's do a commercial, because I, mean, I, I think commercial? you guys got this. Yeah, in other words, like, Nick Nick um, is the producer of our Manhattan show, which is which has a half hour now, every Wednesday at 11 o'clock on MNN. And sometimes live, usually every other week live. Right, okay. We're, and, this and, is taped. And hopefully soon, within the next couple of months or so, we're going to be going to an hour... And what's what's the show potentially going to be called? Uh, is there free will live calling? Okay, so like, so we've got that show going on, and, and these episodes actually like maybe twice a month. These episodes are also shown there on we, MNN. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, I look forward to that. And we have a meetup that I started in 2010. That's where Nick and I met. Um, basically, it takes place the first Saturday every, of every month in Manhattan, mm -hmm. in the, the Sony building on 550 Madison Avenue between 55th and 56th Street. We talk about this all the time. We've got over 600 members. You know, it's been going strong for, again, like over five years, almost six years, uh, over six years now. So, um, so basically we're doing a lot. Nick, talk about the book you wrote. You wrote a book refuting free will. I just want to say uh, we are in the political uh, year with a lot of debates, town halls, and eventually, we're should I say the date? Uh, I sure. don't know, because yeah, sometimes absolutely. it looks no, dated. No, it's good. Like, it this gets is, dated. This is a right. historical show. It's April 29th of 2016. We usually don't like to say the date because I sometimes run repeats. It could be years from now I'll run this episode. But the point is, we're in the middle of political... Uh, right now, we don't know who's going to win. It looks like Trump and Hillary. 
I've watched a lot of these debates, a lot of these town hall. And can you believe, George, that not once in the history of time, I get really upset, not one moderator has said to a candidate six magical words. Are you ready? Yep. Uh, hi, Mr. Trump or Mr. Sanders, Ms. Clinton. Do you believe in free will? And just stop and let them answer. Now, you would think a question like that would be very important because Bernie Sanders, I feel, is on the right track. He's upset of the income. He's a one candidate, uh, one uh, issue candidate. He's upset about income inequality. But what he doesn't say is the fact that there's no free will is the rationale behind why there's income. There's, there should be some income inequality because we want an efficient society. You have to motivate, like George says, pleasure and pain, motivate penalties. But you don't need a guy with $25 million with 17 homes, seven yachts, you know, after maybe a million a year of income. The next 50,000 will be taxed like 90% and 91%. The next 50, 92, you know, up and, and then he, you know, so if he makes 1.2 million, he really takes home 1 million 27,000. You know, the other top goes to pay for free medical for everybody and, and free schools. What I'm saying is the no free will platform is the rationale behind why Bernie Sanders and socialism is more correct, but he'll never say what his rationale is. Nick, I'm so philosophy does have a place in politics and we're going to go through the primary season and then we're going to go into the fall where they're going to be political presidential debates, meaning the two candidates and then the vice presidential debates. We're going to have about seven more debates probably and this isn't going to come up once. And frankly, my mission, I don't know about your mission, but in 2020, if it's not spoken to at a debate, if it's not even raised, I'm going to run on stage with a free will's illusion shirt and go cr and probably get arrested. That's how important this is. Sorry, I went, All went right, crazy there. You, Nick, We're in you, a political. You you raise such an important point. It's not just like income disparities. For example, like you have kids who grow up in, in bad neighborhoods who have maybe parents who have problems. You know, basically our criminal justice system jails them, imprisons them, sometimes for years, sometimes for all their life, you know, blaming these kids for a dysfunctional society, you know, especially the well, Republicans. Well, Republicans feel you can pick yourself up from I your bootstraps, even if you have boots I or know, straps. I know, the Republicans, again, the Republicans believe in free will I much know. more than Democrats, and to the extent that our politics acknowledges that we don't have a free will, we're going to be much more compassionate. And the other thing is like... Not only do they acknowledge it, doesn't, they don't even ask, they, the question's never asked. I know, but, and, and that's part it's of taboo. it. taboo. That's part of it. So in other words, like, to the extent we understand that we don't have a free will, you know, when these kids do something wrong, we're going to say, wait a minute, like if we want to solve the problem, we don't work on solving the symptom. We don't work on imprisoning them. That doesn't really do anything. We have to change society. So again, this free will belief is extremely harmful, extremely cruel because it punishes kids for our mistake as a society. What about blaming adults who are poor? Uh, if, if you, the Republicans tend to blame able-bodied adults who can't get out of poverty for being poor. The insinuation is you could have done otherwise. You could have been less lazy. You could have been more intelligent. Who amongst us chooses to be unintelligent and lazy? If you had a free will, you would choose to be intelligent and hardworking and successful. Oh, you have 20 seconds. You might Absolutely. as well wrap, wrap it up. All right, yeah. I mean, we've got to do more shows on how this free will belief just really corrupts our criminal justice system, our political system, our institutions. All right, well, thanks for watching. Again, you know, we'll, we'll be here like we've, this is our 200 and second episode wow, you know we've been amazing. at this for about five years on this show and we'll continue until you get it thanks for watching